edition of the people of ps podcast um i always i think i always say that this is a treat but i really do mean that because today we have my across the street (laughs) neighbor here in the building amanda reimer who is our math specialist amanda welcome i will say that math is uh something that is a sort of mystical language uh for me um (laughs) but i married a cpa so that's a good thing right (laughs) So welcome, and uh, like everybody, give us your five-minute autobiography. How did you find yourself sitting in the in the seat? It's a journey for sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so I grew up on the southwest side of Houston. Um, I would just like to point out that this is yet another native Houstonian. <laughs> so native Houstonian south southwest. Southwest. Back southwest. in the day, remember when a leaf was real popular. So I grew up in Mission Bend in Fort Bend County. Um, we went to church, Catholic church in Aleaf. Um, we lived there until I was in fifth grade. In fifth grade, we moved um, school. I moved houses. Um, and we grew. So then we, I'm still in Fort Bend County, um, going to Hodges Bend Elementary, and then went to um, Kepner High School, which Leslie, you can do, also graduated from Kepner High School. Oh, yeah, Dr. Yeah. You, soon to be Dr. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you were classmates? Uh, no, no. I'm a little bit older than her. <laughs> Just a little bit. We don't have to divulge ages on the podcast. Yeah. All right, so you uh, graduated from high school there. From high school there. And you have any siblings? I do, I do. I have um, a younger brother who's three years younger, an older brother who's one year older. So he and I, people thought we were twins. Uh, and we act, our attitudes are the exact same. We still to this day are the ones who are in the corner pouting together about, you know, <laughs> stuff. Uh, well, my younger brother is totally different. So people always thought we were the siblings and he was like adopted. But oh, he's not. He's not. No, so no, you're no, like no. twins. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, so I also, I had a sister. One of the things that kind of made my family who we are today, uh, when I was in kindergarten, my mom had a baby. And it was born, she was, um, Ashley was born three months premature and she passed away six months later. Oh. So that was like the beginning of our family going through a struggle, working through it, and it really built us closer together. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So with uh, your sister, uh-huh. was younger? She would have been three years, about three years younger than my little brother. Okay. So she much, much younger okay. than me. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up with two brothers. I think that's part of what made me who I am today is that I have this like kind of rough and tough personality because when you're the middle girl, you really have to hold your own. All right. So then you graduate high school. Graduate and- high school. So one of something that happened in high school that plays a huge role in my life is being diagnosed with uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. So I was a freshman in high school, um, really tired, fatigued all the time, slept a lot. We didn't know what was happening, like what it was. So it, it was a six-month journey to go to doctor's appointments to figure out what it was. And after six months, they determined it was um, arthritis. So that was, so those were the first symptoms, just super fatigued. Super fatigued, that my joints weren't moving correctly. And did uh, that we just were, come on 
sort of suddenly? It came or? on suddenly. Um, we can remember being in D.C. And if you know D.C., it's not a trip to relax on. It is go, go, go. So we're in D.C., and um, I'm super tired, cranky, I'm sure. And a man walked up to my mom and said, I'm a doctor, and I can tell you that there is something wrong with her joints. And so that was along the time of being undiagnosed. Um, Do you remember that? I don't remember, but my mom does. Mm -hmm. My mom can remember that. And then at the same time, it goes back to I was – I play, I was in band, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm a freshman, um, you have marching band. So I played, this is um, gonna, something you don't know about me. I played the flute in middle school and my middle school band director said, hey, we'd love for you to try the oboe. Mm -hmm. You know the sound an oboe makes? It's awful. <laughs> so I decided to you try. You just alienated all the oboists out there. Okay, right? if you're not a great oboe player, then it's not great. <laughs> so I played the oboe. Well, oboes can't march in the marching band. So I played percussion. Okay. okay. I still don't think I know how to properly play uh, percussion instruments, though. Like, I laugh because they're like, okay, we're going to pitch you on a drum. Well, with having RA and being newly diagnosed, that's a lot of marching and carrying a heavy instrument. So that was kind of, that was hard. Um, so then I played, I tried to play the cymbals, mm -hmm. um, but they, because you have to be able to extend your arms, the uh, band director realized, percussion director specifically, who said you can't bend your elbows correctly to make the movements of um, the instrument. So that and was. And this is all before you were diagnosed. This is all before I was diagnosed. So he was one who was like, okay, there's something wrong with her joints. And so um, six months later, after going through the whole history and doctor's appointments, there was some blood. It was. It started what they really realized was iron wasn't um, absorbing into my system. So I took an iron pill and then an iron liquid, and it still wouldn't. Um, absorb into my bloodstream. And so uh, somewhere along the line, they figured out it was juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, which when you're young, and I still, people think arthritis is for old people. And you would be shocked to know, I think it's one in four or five Americans is diagnosed with arthritis. And um, people are born with arthritis. So you can be an infant and have arthritis. So was your story of diagnosis now that you've been living with it mm -hmm. for so long, was your story of diagnosis pretty typical for other kids your age that got diagnosed? Yes and no, because I feel like more kids I know are diagnosed more quickly. Um, so yes in the fact of sometimes it does take a long time. No in the fact of I'm lucky that it's the only diagnosis I have. A lot of kids who have one autoimmune disorder have multiple. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm blessed that it's just been rheumatoid arthritis because once you hit a certain age once you get old uh, they knock off the juvenile part and so now it's just rheumatoid arthritis but only rheumatoid arthritis so how how has that played a part in shaping the person that you are today and, and maybe even kind of the career path that you took yeah so um it makes you realize god gives you what you can handle um, I spent the, a long time in high school, why me, why me, why would God give something to somebody that would make them or could make them miserable? Um, and it's over the years and, and really thinking about it, I think that God gave me RA because I can handle it and to show other people 
that you can live life with it. Because I, so you're the, you're like one of the least miserable people that I've ever <laughs> interacted with. That's that. It's that everyone laugh always happens. says you're smiling, you're always happy, and you would never know that you have this. And I just there's one of two ways you could take it. You could take it, and you could be miserable, or you could take it, and it's not. I don't like. I know I have it, but I try to pretend like I'm like everybody else. And you just do do what you can do. And when when in your life, because I can only imagine being a teenager, yeah. like you said, yeah. I mean, that's when did you think you adopted that that kind of a mentality about it? Uh, probably, um, I think once I had it for at least five years in college, is when I was like, okay, like this is life. Like you have to enjoy life. You're only given one. So I think when I was in college, mm-hmm. and I did. I so being diagnosed with RA. And then we'll get into what I think is now funny, being in education. I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. So um, if I could go back in elementary school, I would probably be in the CTL. Uh, school was hard for me. That's the, the Center for Teaching and Learning, right? Uh-huh. Which is where you There's occupy which your is days where I work. Now, yeah. Um, the funniest moment I can think of is in kindergarten. And I, my mom has saved this picture. It says, you know, draw and tell us what your favorite bird is okay so most people might be like a woodpecker um i said shake and bake (laughs) and if you don't know what shake and bake is it's what you put the chicken in to shake it and bake it and it has a meal why did you you were like four steps ahead of everybody i know i was shaking and baking before it was a thing the bird was no the bird was dead Like, your favorite bird was the bird that you ate. I get it. I follow the logic. So I laugh because I'm like, okay, like, clearly I wasn't, you know, picking up on the the big concepts. Um, In fourth grade, I remember flashcards. You know, my mom and I, everybody would be asleep, and it's my mom and I on the couch struggling to memorize the, the math facts, which if I could go back in time now, I'm like, mom, it's strategies. Like, you need to know the strategies not to memorize it. And then when I got to high school, um really realized everyone in my family's account is an an accountant Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm gonna be an accountant too so my senior year of high school you could if you took all your credits you could go do it was called the co-op so you go to school from you know 730 to 12 and then you leave and you go off campus and you have a job and so my brother who also he's like mom and dad are accountants I'm gonna be an accountant Um, he worked for Unical back then they were a, a well-known um, oil company mm-hmm. and uh, he got a job so he's a year older than me so he I'm a junior he's a senior he worked at Unical it's my year to go up to interview and they said you are so great your sister wants a job does your sister want a job here and I said well yeah that'd be great and they're like you're hired so like just because they knew by association yeah. my brother they wanted to hire me so I thought accounting great this is it um, he's about to go to A&M I, he's training me, so my brother's training me, and like a week in, it was awful. I was <laughs> like, this is not for me at all. Um, so then I, and I still laugh, I was the person who restocked the fridge with ice cream and juice. And I ordered supplies, and I um, put mail in the mailboxes, and so that, I clear, like clearly accounting was not in my... Well, but that, I mean, I, that sounds like every high school internship, frankly. <laughs> it's like they were just taking <laughs> advantage of you. So you go, you go to college and don't really know. I, so I stayed home for two years. I went to Wharton County Junior College. I stayed home. 
Um, school wasn't my thing. You know, I told my mom growing up, I'm going to be a hairdresser because I won't have to do math. And uh, she's like, well, you still have to do math because you have to know how many inches to cut. Um, so I, I just, school wasn't my thing. But I had a math teacher at um, Wharton County Junior College who, he was a tr my trigonometry teacher. And he was the first person that wanted to make sure I fully understood math. And he is what he's who inspired me to be a math teacher. And so I said, I want to go to school. Now I know what I want to do. I want to go to school to be like him um, and be a great teacher and go back and give kids and uh, students the experience that I did not get in school. Um, so then I went to Texas State University in San Marcos. Um, amazing campus. Mm -hmm. I would go back and live in the Hill Country in a heartbeat. Um, a and I majored in fourth rate mathematics. And so you you caught the math bug when you were in, in college. In college. And then taught and always sort of, I guess, gravitated towards math. Because I would say, uh, you know, most of the folks that I, you know, interview for ele particularly elementary yeah. positions, um, I, I don't think would consider themselves math people. Right, right. right. Um, but you're a math person. I think the trigonometry teacher made me realize that math at a higher level was, um, you can learn it. And so I thought, I started with that. Um, got my degree in fourth rate mathematics, but then um, taking it back to Briar Grove, yeah, uh, one yeah. of the originals, um, <laughs> taught at Briar Grove for five years and only taught fourth and fifth grade math there. Yeah. Um, so for those of you don't, who don't know, there are many of us we who We have came a ton from. of Briar Grove people. <laughs> yeah. Um, great experience. Um, just loved it. Loved teaching, loved kids. And then... Um, interviewed at a, another independent school. Are we allowed to say names of schools? Sure, sure. Uh, I taught at St. Francis for six years. Um, Holly Plost was one of my mentors back then. She was our math specialist. Mm -hmm. um, and she was the math curriculum queen. Like she's the one who really, she and I talked all the time. Um, so I was there for six years looking for a change. Um, Paige mentioned, hey. Paige Luckert. Uh -huh. yep. We have a fifth grade opening back when fifth grade was in middle school. Yeah. Well, and you and Paige had talked together at Briar Grove, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I interviewed for the position. Funny thing about the interview that I don't think I've told you. Mm -hmm. I interviewed here and then had an interview directly afterwards at another private school. And Christy talked so much in the interview that I was late for that interview. <laughs> Christy Hino? Christy Hino. Wow, there's a huge surprise. <laughs> right? Gosh. Um, so the whole time, like, she's talking, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to be late. Like, this is like you four, can't say that in four the or five hours the later. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, how is this an all-day thing? And so I go to my interview. I call my tell them I'm, I'm going to be late. And as they're taking me on the tour around the school, I was like, why am I even here? Like, Prez is where it's at. Exactly. Um, so I, that's how I came here was uh, I taught fifth grade middle school for one year um, before they moved back over to the lower school. And then, and then you, but we, we had created the math specialist position. So, so Brooke was, just, was the math specialist. Right. And then um, I interviewed for it. It just seemed exciting. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I've learned so much about math over the years. I'm a lifetime lifetime learner, and so every summer you can find me on, you know, some kind of reading a book or um, going to a training because I love to learn. So the more I learned, I thought, man, like, how fun would it be to go and teach younger kids who are struggling like I did now that I know how kids should be taught? So I, I'm really interested in this idea that here you are, um, the math specialist, right? 
um, but not necessarily a kid who thrived in math when you were a student. Is there an event or is there a person? You know, we talk a lot about mentors on the podcast. Is there an event or a person that you can point to earlier in your life um, that you think about now? Hey, that was kind of a light bulb moment for me with math. Uh, My grandfather turns 89 this year and still every time we're with him we're playing dominoes and so not only are you counting number patterns Mm -hmm. but then you're also keeping score with tallies and so now you know he's 89 and he's still sharp because he's still keeping score of everything it's on his head too right yeah yeah all right so um so you get you're doing the math specialist Uh stuff you're starting to discover kinds of you know um opportunities to work with kiddos and then you know we we decided that we were going to look at a different uh, math program. We've yeah. been using everyday math yeah. ever since I've been here, which yeah. is 14 years ago. So talk a little bit about um, what you did, what you, Amanda, did <laughs> in sort of researching and yeah. and then you know ultimately bringing um, that new math program. So I have been through curriculum changes in the past. And Christy Hino and I, when I started in this position, we were like, okay, we're using everyday math you know, should we be looking at other things? In my first couple of years, I was like, yeah, like, let, well, let's just think about it. Um, well, the pandemic hit. So that was an interesting year to like, here I am, new position, newlywed, just trying to figure out the ropes, but then realized, okay, we do need a change. Like we need something that's more cross um, division. And so being through, having been through curriculum changes at, at another school, you have to really know your market and know that there are a lot of programs out there that are very, um, they're not, they just want you to be given a problem and solve it and you're not really sitting through a math lesson. And I think that there's a balance of um, learning a concept and applying the concept and practicing because there are a lot of, a lot of programs out there right now are like you're only going to do lots of word problems. And so that's all they're, they're doing is word problems and having to investigate. Whereas I feel like you have to learn skills that you can apply and they both coincide with each other. So um, Brandon and I, I, Brandon Walker, how amazing is he? He and I sat down and really we were like, you know, look at programs that are K through five, um, look at some that are six through eight, then let's look at some that are cover K through eight. And we narrowed it down to two or three that we thought were best for our school. And then we brought in a team of um, our own teachers to go through them and decide which one is best for our school. So it's been a beautiful, like now that we're at the end of the year and I can say it's been, I think, a very successful year. Um, Love it, wouldn't change it. Um, We're keeping it. No, and I think uh, I appreciated the process. It was very inclusive. You had like you said, you had teachers, I think, from every grade level. Uh-huh. And and what's important for people to understand is that, you know, we don't, it's called departmentalizing, but like we don't have a dedicated math teacher right. really until the fourth grade uh-huh. when we start to depart- departmentalize. So you've got really every teacher, third grade and below, is also a math teacher. Mm-hmm. And so creating a process like you did to get all of those voices in, to get them the opportunity to weigh in on different you know, opportunities or different options. I think it was great. And yeah. I think so what you have is a pretty nice buy-in inside the building. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've i seen the benefits too. And I think it's interesting. And talk, talk a little bit about this. To me, around about third, fourth grade, you mm-hmm. start to see 
this program shift in emphasis a little bit, oh, yeah. right? So there's there's a, a, a real attention to basic skills uh-huh. and math facts, but then around about the fourth, fifth grade, fourth. yeah, yeah, what starts so going you, on? So at the younger grades, you're you're given word problems that are like at a first and second grade level. But then when you hit third grade and you've learned how to fluently add and subtract, you know your math facts and or multiplication facts and you understand the concept of multiplication, you start to get into um, multi-step word problems. And you have to, and this is where the, it's so hard because now not only do you have to be great at math, but you also have to know how to read a problem and decide what you need. Um, what you need to pick out of it to use. And so I go, like, in doing research on problem solving, back in the day there used to be, like, a step-by-step process, and it was, like, step one, underline the, you know, question, and step two. And that's now, you know, you have certain words that can mean what they can mean addition or subtraction. So where kids used to box keywords and say, that tells me to add, well, it depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about you have to be able to read really, really well. Mm -hmm. And so it's talking, we talk a lot about make a picture in your head. What does that look like? Um, But you're also getting into fractions in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So where the numeral one used to mean one, and now you're putting it one over two means one of two parts. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about the number one actually means one piece of two parts. And that is mind blowing. Cause well, you have to visualize it. Yeah, it's, you're blowing my mind right here. <laughs> I, I, you're, you're like any good, you know, math person you could you could talk about math and all, I, all day long couldn't you yeah and this year in particular i i'm taking a multi-century math class from marilyn zucker mm-hmm. and she's like the math guru like if you um she's a cult so she's very familiar with dyslexic students right, right. um and she it has blown my mind they call um four fourths as a whole mm-hmm. so any fraction that's you know one over one two over two they all equal a whole it's called the magic one and magic, magic one. one. I want to be the magic <laughs> one. All right. So um, as we're wrapping up, because uh-huh. we could talk, we could talk for four oh, yeah, minutes on that. So um, I know that you know you had your diagnosis, uh-huh. and that has shaped so much of who you are. And yeah. You have this tenacity about you, and yeah. I think that's re- reflected in the process of deciding on the math program, right? But you still have done some really important volunteer work mm-hmm. with rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. And I know that we've. You brought the school into that yeah, as well. So yeah. talk a little bit about just your, I know you're newlywed, and you've had this <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. but talk a little bit about just how important that has been yeah. for you. So um, probably six or seven years ago, I was going through a kind of rough time in my life and decided that there was more to life than just living it for yourself and being a teacher. And so I was like, what is an, you know, what's important to me? And hello, like you live with arthritis. So I, um, one night just Googled like arthritis, you know, volunteer opportunities in Houston and had no idea that there was a whole foundation for arthritis. So the Arthritis Foundation is a national foundation Um, And they're there to help anybody with arthritis. And so um, it's one of the things, once I learned about it when I was 28 years old, I thought, why did I not know about this when I was a kid? Because a lot of what they do and what I did was work with children who have arthritis. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did, I volunteered at the juvenile arthritis camps. Mm -hmm. Um, Still don't like bunk beds, still don't like sharing a bathroom. But I was like, I will do it for the kids. I will do it for the the kids. kids. Love Love the kids, kids. it's for the kids. So I have done a lot of volunteering with that. 
Um, my first year teaching here, actually, I went to D.C. and I advocated for arthritis. And I got to meet with Sheila Jackson, uh, Sheila Jackson Lee. I met Gordon's um, sister-in-law. Um, yes. And so we really work with trying to get bills passed that mean a lot to us. And so a lot of it dealt with um, the high cost of prescription medication. Um, so and didn't you, wasn't there was there a was there like a walk or a, or oh, a yeah, yeah. fun so, run? Or yeah. So we do a walk to cure every May in the Jingle Ball Run. And so the Jingle Ball Run has always been my thing. Um, create a big team, Amanda's Run Deer. And my first year here, <laughs> I know. And like clearly I cannot run very fast. So whenever we say Amanda's Run Deer, I'm like, I'm not the one running. And so a lot of the Presbyterian faculty members and some of my students that year, they came out um, and support supported the team and the, the cause. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's so amazing that as a community, uh, we can all come together. And then me sharing my story just to the faculty and staff, I've had other people that work here that are like, hey, like I think I might have arthritis. And so I've been through the journey with them to Mm -hmm. say like, make sure you mention this and just advocating for all of that. Yeah, I think when you mentioned that about sort of being initially diagnosed and then kind of coming to the real realization that, you know, you got to get busy living, right? Yeah. And do that in a joyful way. You are absolutely doing that every single day. Oh, and then you. I think about perseverance too, is one of our core values. I mean, in, not only in your own personal life, but in your desire to really make um, and be, you know, make math a priority here, but also be an advocate, mm-hmm. not only for math, but for kids, you know, who may need a little bit of extra support, but also our kids who are high flyers yeah. to give yeah. them what they need too. So yeah. I'm just grateful for you. Oh, thank you. I am blessed. I mean, I'm blessed to be here. Yeah. I, you have no idea. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So yeah. So anybody who, you know, wants to be on fire for math, third floor, Founders Hall, yeah. shake a left <laughs> at the top of the stairs, right? That's right. All right. That's awesome. Right. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you.